0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of VR Download. In case you're new here, each week we meet here in virtual reality using the latest technologies to discuss the next generation of personal computing. I am your bespectacled host today, Kyle Riesenbeck, filling in for Ian Hamilton. I'm joined by my colleague, Ian Hamilton, who is filling in for (laughs) David Heaney here in our very own proprietary upload virtual studios. We are broadcasting live. That's right. We are live right now on YouTube. So feel free to post comments and questions during the show. VR download is also syndicated to all podcast platforms. And if you like this type of quality programming to continue, we need your support by liking, subscribing, and sharing upload VR content. Um, This episode is brought to you by a sponsor. Ready to be transported to another world? Veil VR is a must play. You need to check it out on Steam. Here's what people are saying about the game. The multiplayer game is truly like no other VR FPS. Not only is this game made by people who love gaming and VR, it's made with passion and dedication. And that's exactly how games should be made. By buying this game, you're getting more than just a badass game. You get to be part of an amazing community with devs that care strongly about their game and their community members. Buy Veil VR now on Steam. It's available to play now. The link to their page is below in the description and on their Steam page. So, hi, Ian. How how are you today?
1: I'm good, yeah. I've got a snowstorm brewing outside. Hail is... is actually
0: hitting my windows at this very moment. Do you have the winter storm hitting you as well? We did. We woke up this morning as normal to send the kids off to school. And unfortunately, they didn't have school. Started off with a delay and then they just closed it. And so I walked outside about 10 a.m. and I went, and my nose froze shut. So I think it was a good call. (laughs) I was looking for, so I've
1: lost, we've obviously got the mic, ongoing mic situation here. And I was just telling you that my my microphone, I removed the, the little wind guard to put mm-hmm. it on the charging pad because I want to be able to use the charging pad. And now the, the stickiness of the little thing to connect it to the microphone <sighs> area is dead. So I was like running outside. The hail is coming down on me, trying to find another one of the little sticky things in my car somewhere. I have no idea where it went. We, I was going crazy right before we came in here, Kyle, with some late-breaking news as we tried to assess everything. I see people in our comments on YouTube already going off about the various reports out there about Sony's expectations for PSVR 2. We've obviously got this report about Apple and its apps, the way people might be able to build apps for Apple's headset pretty easily. And then there's, of course, Rec Room. Confirming that they're working on full body avatars, which is a pretty big deal. And then there's of course the Quest Pro's significant price cut that is causing. I'm seeing everyone in our comments going off on about it, talking about that uh that effect. I'm seeing <laughs> someone has changed their YouTube name uh, on a to 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 go with our the fact that we read out the 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 people who are members, I don't know if we've got that. We're not going to be able to read out that name, but that's pretty funny that they've changed their name for the purposes of getting us to call out what they've put in our comments here.
0: I mean, I'm. Oh, uh, yeah it's it's been
1: a it's been a it's been a week. We've got uh, just a couple more weeks for PSVR till we get to PSVR two, and I'm I'm pretty excited. We've got the team all ready trying to line up and make sure we've got the launch library covered so that we know uh, we can recommend what people should spend their money on when they first get that headset. And yeah, I plan to break down this news here as we get into it.
0: Well, before we do, and um, you know, you were talking about your wind guards and obviously anyone who listened to the podcast last week knows that, uh, uh, yeah, my, my audio was pretty bad last week. And, um, so I spent a good part of uh, the weekend trying to determine what would be a better solution, uh, a way to patch this, uh, because obviously uh, – and we'll get into this whole thing with the Quest Pro being discounted and the irony to all of that. But, um, yeah, I, I, I think I came up with a good solution here. Um, the The ultimate dad joke here is um, – well, I'll just go ahead and throw it up here on the TV. Uh, I put a Band-Aid on it. I'm not kidding. I, I put a literal band aid on my uh, over top of my microphones, and, and then I recorded and I tested, and it 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 worked okay, but it felt like it needed more. And so I put a second band aid on it, and uh, the two band aids is actually what's my filter here. And it's I'm not going to lie, other than me really hitting some hard peas, uh, I think I'm good now with this double Band-Aid solution. Uh, And so, um, you know, tech support brought to you by Johnson & Johnson in this episode. (laughs) Um, It it seems fitting that two Band-Aids were needed to patch this hole, literally and figuratively. do, Do does your perception like do you look around for dad
1: jokes like you
0: just walk no. around
1: like just no. is, is it no. built in
0: it, it, it it's so they give you a book after you have like kid three <laughs> um, kid three and then kid four they that give you explains it yeah right? I didn't yeah, yeah that's why you I didn't have to get, get to book, that, that threshold they figure that once you get to that threshold uh, so yeah um, that's 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 where I'm at now I just wanted to share that with everyone before we got into it all hopefully hopefully the audio is better in this episode I apologize for wholeheartedly uh for those of you who are only podcast listeners uh, and and had to deal with that because I even I was like, oh man, this is embarrassing. I you know double double face palm. It's just not good. Um, hey, so here are our upload VR YouTube members. I'll give this a read quickly. Uh, John Duna dame Master Reality, Robert Quinones, Three Hundred and Sixty Pickleball, Rick Tet, Sexy Sexy Bicycle, Skiva, Andrew Tech, Handy Clay, ACP Plays, Marcellus Ryan, Mark. Joseph Gravity, Joe to Pancake, Quentin, Andrew, King Jellofish, Honglin, the Lucky Dogs Band, Aaron Prindle, Captain Clutch. Love that name, by the way. Lazarus, James, Anthony Mann, Mark, and another Anthony. We have lots of A names that uh, support us. Thank you. Thank you to all of your support. We really appreciate it. And, and hello to all of you in there, uh, in in Live Land that I see on a regular basis. Uh, Alex VR, Anakazi, Artful, King Jellyfish, uh, a couple other folks that I've been seeing. Butt or something? You demand. All right. So, uh, do I go find the receipts, Ian, for our Quest Pros and try to get a refund? <laughs> do I go full Karen on well, on the?
1: Yeah, uh, I know you yeah. could. You could try. I'm seeing people in our comments reporting various uh, situations that they're faced with as they're going and trying to get their $400 back uh, in some semblance of, of method. I noticed one of our longtime viewers, I can't remember who it is, uh, I saw them, I think it was Andrew uh, on Twitter, basically being recommended to return the device and buy it again in order to get the lower price, which just seems absolutely absurd. I saw someone recommending telling that to you know the customer service representatives that this is you know if you really want to ship it twice right and take that loss fine with me and maybe get the money back for that but uh also seeing some people reporting that they're getting some uh some store credit back uh for the the shift in price we obviously got ours right before you know right at launch and i i think there might have been like a over you know a, a period right after launch where you're still in that return window. I think we, we got hit right outside the return window. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right. So I'll, Quentin,
0: you gonna try to read our, it? one of ours.
1: <laughs> yeah. I'm going to Quentin has changed their name, uh, on YouTube to Heaney walkabout mini golf, Alex on PSVR two, you're muted. And I can't see the rest cause it's cut off, but I'm assuming it is the rest of our bingo card. Uh, very, very clever out there to, uh, toy with us that way. Um, yeah. The, the So for those who are unaware, over the weekend, Meta dropped the price of Quest Pro from $1,500, which is what it was at launch, down to $1,100 in the United States. That just so happens to exactly match the price of the incoming Vive XR Elite headset. So uh, Meta has indicated that this is a temporary sale. This is not supposed to last this is more or less to test demand at the new price but the writing kind of feels like it's on the wall that i i think it's probably going to come down uh long term but you know i i could be surprised and they could go back up the the thing that just to recap for our viewers out there who might not be aware if you go buy the quest pro you get the headset a charging pad And then state of the art inside out tracking controllers, the Touch Pro controllers that have cameras on them each, and they track themselves in space. Those are sold separately for, I believe, it's three hundred dollars. So you can go and get those and attach them to a Quest Two, and have this really really cool tracking experience where you can, you know, even put the controllers behind. Like I was doing this thing; it's just the most ridiculous way to play Walkabout Mini Golf, where (laughs) you're sitting in your chair. And like I've got the the one controller in one hand and I'm putting underneath my chair, just doing this little tap in order to, to to get the ball right under my chair. And it's like the absolute laziest way to play a game possible. But it works with those controllers because they track themselves, even in those weird positions. You really couldn't even do that if you had four base stations in the corners of your room, it would probably still lose the tracking there it's obviously like not not a major use case but still kind of cool to see the controllers able to do that yeah. um ian, i feel bad ian, for you, the people that you know got the the short end of the stick here on the on yeah. four hundred dollar decrease
0: no i know i know but I, i'm just curious ian are, are you are you admitting to the fact that you play walkabout mini golf sitting down i
1: did i did i tried it once huh. uh no
0: i I normally play
1: it standing up and but all right so uh <laughs> if you go to our channel we've got nine videos in our playlist doing walkthroughs and i've complained to the head of vr over at meta that what they've got in the settings of the quest are are just almost perfect to make like a really great virtual camera and so like what I've done for those videos is I've tried I've tried multiple ways to record, walkabout mini golf. You can run the PC version and then stream it to the headset, and you've got a lot of tools you can install on the PC to get that recording method really good. Over in the MetaQuest Developer Hub, they have a tool. Uh, my my wind guard just fell off, so tell me if my audio quality. Decreases after this moment. So, over in the MetaQuest Developer Hub, they have a feature that's built for developers where you can record at 60 frames per second, 1080p, and then have the bitrate set all the way up to 40 megabits per second. And then, when you do this, Heaney on our show is the one who informed me about this a long time ago. It actually frames your view, it reduces your field of view inside VR, and then you see a frame. Outlining your rectangular view into VR. And you can using that know how to level your scene, know how to frame your shots, right? You can put a person over here in this third, or like a scene over here in this third, and really get a nice framing, just like you would with a traditional camera. I've I've gone and turned that on and uh gone into the headset. And right now there's a bug on the quest that it only lets you record one video at a time, it seems, before all audio is lost. So like I've been going in and doing these walkthrough walkthrough tours of walkabout courses, and I've recorded an entire 20 minute walkthrough and I got to the end and realized it didn't record audio at all. So it's 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 funny to talk to devs because they encounter these bugs on their side. Like they're they're persistent bugs that just destroy their their time, uh, suck up their time when stuff like that happens. Anyways, this is an amazing feature that's built for developers. Then over on the advanced settings inside Quest, you go in and turn on an experimental setting and then go to the advanced camera settings and you can turn on uh, a couple things. You can turn on 1080p, you can, turn, you can change the frame rate, and you can change the bit rate up to 20 megabits per second, not up to 40 like you can with the developer hub. Uh, and then there's also stabilization. And you can set the stabilization low, medium, at, or high. If you combine these two solutions, right, if you get the stabilization, you get the frame from the developer hub, and you get the 1080p 60 frames per second recording with this this frame uh, in front of you, you could have people who uh, could sit in a swivel chair, And have basically a dolly cam with like a controller moving themselves around with the stick. And you move around very smoothly. You rotate yourself like this uh, little dolly cam. And you've got this amazing kind of like virtual camera system. And all you got to do is sit in your swivel chair and uh, move a stick around. And you've got stabilized camera, 60, all of it, uh, all in standalone VR. But that's it's not there yet, right? I've just described this this essay on how Meta has buried half of the features in this area, half of the features over here. And even when you do it all right, sometimes it doesn't record, and it's just pretty typical of the overall overall system.
0: With all of the talk of, I don't know, I guess AI, uh, we could just have an AI cameraman camera person. Who follows you around and is the, 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 you know, a rig that does all the stuff that you just described, but without any level of human interaction, just a camera, a robe, a robot camera that just follows you around and does all the recording for you. Like a, like a, you know, third person follow behind camera would do, uh, from, from, uh, you know, a gaming perspective, uh, I want to go up and say that uh, there was a comment made. Let me get up here. Uh, Roar McRip Helmet called it "Sit About Mini Golf," and Ian, I'm never going to forget that "Sit About Sit About Mini Golf." I love that. Um, <clears throat> the idea of recording yourself doing things in in VR, having having an extra person, uh, you know hanging out and being part of the multiplayer experience is just being passive and just recording. It sounds like it's actually a, a future job. Like somebody could actually have that as a career is I'm the, I'm a VR camera person. Um, I mean, you know, well, camera you've got, people a,
1: you, you've got a, you've got a full length documentary over on HBO max. We've got the interview on our channel with the director, uh, Joe, of that documentary and they just did exactly what I what I described using mm-hmm. the built-in camera well I think they added their own tool to do the camera system in VR chat but mm-hmm. yeah there's people who are approaching having live actors uh, having camera systems you've got a set that you can change instantaneously it's it's a really interesting idea I do think that's it's funny that you kind of went to the the AI route I've I've tried you know there's been companies and even startups that have tried to build those types of solutions and they're generally really awful the the sort of ai based clips but there's no reason why i don't know with enough footage and enough training you couldn't get a much better system uh, over the next few years
0: oh yeah you know they can they can uh, they can build it they have the technology stronger faster better than it was before so that's good um you know the the, the <coughs> quest pro uh discount um you know, I think about things like I, I go shopping. I, I go shopping for clothing. You go to a store, a retail establishment. Like, I don't know. I'm just going to throw – I'm going to call out by name Kohl's. You know, Kohl's is a department store. You walk in there and they have clothing. Everything is always on sale at Kohl's, like 100% all the time. It feels like every nothing is ever at its full price. It's always discounted just a bit. And it's odd to see, like, you know, you're going to buy a shirt, and I'm just going to throw out random numbers. You know, it's a, it's a $20 shirt, but it's on sale for fifteen ninety nine dollars or something like that. You never see that at its full price. It's always discounted. And it makes you wonder what the actual margin is. And so when you talk about the cost of production of something like a Quest Pro, you have to imagine that subsidies and blah, 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 and however they justify the cost is $1,500 making meta money. I mean, do do we know that for a fact? Whether there's a an actual profit and has anything been said? Yeah.
1: So they dodged the question when it was asked of them at the announcement event. Right? I was sitting there with five other reporters, some of the best reporters in the world covering technology, and the question was put to the Meta representatives like three or four different ways, and they very clearly were dodging it as much as they could because they didn't want to really speak to it. And then, of course, Mark Zuckerberg. So these were like not they were not the executive level like very top of the meta infra meta structure and then uh in a couple of interviews uh Zuckerberg has indicated that yeah it's a different sort of pricing scheme but it all comes down to how you kind of cut up the costs i was talking about this a little bit with tilt 5 and their ar solution right they're making a profit On the hardware, like it's being sold more than what they make it, but there's other operating costs, right? In addition to just, you know, what's built into the hardware itself. And so it ends up becoming kind of a, you have to dig into their books to an extraordinary degree to understand things. There's just this old concept of loss leading devices, right? The idea that you sell something at a loss up front to make it up over the long term it's the classic way of doing kind of console business and you make it up in software. Um, the There's two things at play that I th- just want to focus in on before we move on from the subject here, right? Uh, I don't think it's a coincidence that $1,100 is the exact price they picked. That's the exact price for the Vive XR Elite. And from where I'm sitting, I, it looks to me like the Vive XR Elite was the smarter, the smarter uh, package of hardware in its device. Right, you've got thin optics on front. You have a battery on the back for this balance. The battery is hot swappable, so if your battery dies and you've paid for a second battery, you can just you know clamp a second battery on there. And get right back to where you were on in your game in the Vive, X, Vive XR Elite. Uh, then they've got a depth sensor on there, and uh, they've of course got some of the other things like hand tracking uh, built into the system. And then later they've modularly modularity. They've got modularity for adding uh, face tracking. Right, it's not built into the device. And I noted this in our report about the quest pro we haven't seen any devs really taking advantage of that yet and by all indications the face and eye tracking it's not going to be significant it's a two-fold problem right Uh, meta doesn't want to turn that on by default because people are terrified of facebook and meta right it's across the board There's just a mistrust of Meta's approach to privacy. So they had to make that an optional feature, even though theoretically, the foveated rendering could increase the quality of what you're looking at. Uh, But Meta has said like the gains aren't there yet from a power consumption. You've got to turn on these extra sensors inside the headset, and that could drain more power more quickly. And you know, you don't yes maybe you get a crisper picture but it may drain the battery on a device that's already losing battery very quickly so uh you've got these trade-offs that are that are happening between these two two devices and from where i'm sitting on paper it looks like the vive xr elite made a better a better play a better choice of of what to do modular in, in its modularity uh that's not what the quest pro is everything is packed into this kit And when I say everything is packed in, they don't, you know, they've got partial light blockers built into the case, right? Like, or in in the package when you go buy it. That's not, if you want to go have a fully immersive VR experience, exactly like you've got on Quest 2, you have to go and pay an additional $50 to go get the full light blockers. And then a case, going and getting like an officially branded case from InCase, that's another $130. So you're talking about getting back up to this price to just get some of those necessary accessories out of the Quest experience. And uh, there are still things that, you know, the Vive XR Elite is just at the beginning of its journey, right? There's different things they can do with their packaging over its lifetime to change the price up.
0: So I did not, uh, and this is my own fault, Uh, I, I take full responsibility for the fact that I did not get an opportunity to throw... The Vive XR headset on my own head. Um, one of my concerns about it, and this is this is my problem too, you know, uh, with a lot of these headsets. Like when when I started playing around, I got a Pico Four. Uh, I used one of those re shipper systems, and I got a Pico Four, <clears throat> and I have it here in my office. It's right, I'm touching it right now. Um, it doesn't have a head headphone jack. It 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 just it doesn't have a headphone jack, and it's blowing my mind. That something, so like everybody's like, oh, it's the best headset, you know, blah 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 blah. There's no headphone jack, and I've not been given a solution. And anybody who tells me that I should use Bluetooth will get a response from me after about 200 milliseconds. Uh, I, 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 I always have headphones on. Like I have headphones on right now, and the Quest Pro, I, I need. To have headphones, uh, it's just essential for me. And to have a headset that does all this great stuff and then doesn't have that is a real miss for me. Um, the uh, the Vive XR Elite has diopters for uh, people who have uh, nearsightedness. Uh, but I've been told that it doesn't like glasses. Now, the Vive Flow handled my glasses just fine. But if the XR doesn't handle my glasses. I don't necessarily want to fiddle with diopters to be able to use this headset. Uh, I like the Quest Pro because my glasses are on right underneath here. And with no – blockers. I don't ever wear any of the blockers or, you know, like I'm not trying to get fully immersed in anything. I like the idea that here are my hands down here. I can see them underneath my head. I like this. This is me, my personal preference. I choose to use this type of VR. I can see you, Ian, but it also, it's kind of funny because it almost feels like you are in the room with me because I see my own room as well uh, through the bottom of my for this type of Mm. usage it works out really well for me um i I just i don't know i mean why is it that all these headsets are missing like one key function or they're they're just really bad at one small thing it's very aggravating it's very frustrating well
1: well all right so I, i appreciate that context and it gets to this other thing that i'm i'm trying to develop kind of an editorial breaking this down but We've got the Apple headset coming in this year, and the latest report that we've covered in previous weeks is that the eye tracking is very likely turned on by default there. And if you turn on the eye tracking by default, you can now use it as a targeting system the same way that you would use, like a mouse, right? You can tell every developer that whatever a person is looking at, and then they pinch. I don't want to pinch because I think if I do that, I might actually go out of this system because of the way the Quest system operates. <laughs> yeah. But if you look at something and then pinch, you could actually use that as your, your targeting system for what you want to look around and click on. Quest can't do that because the eye tracking isn't on by default. And I'm seeing in our comments uh, people bringing this, this up. I think it was James talking about this. And over on PSVR there's potential for, so, for Sony to turn that on uh, by default down the line some some point. They've got the power situation going on where that the power concerns for the Quest Pro aren't the same if you've got this wired solution going to your, your, your PSVR. So there's the potential that they could move towards that route. Now, what this, where, the, where this goes to is when we see this Apple device actually arrive... And we've got the new five in our hands, and we're actually spending significant time with these devices, or with the new, with whatever Pico comes out with next, as well as down the line Quest three. Right, you're starting to be able to compare how all of the decisions that resulted in this product compare, like uh, platform to platform. All of this stuff is very, very hypothetical, and for the for a large part. Meta has been leading the way out on its own, making these decisions well what we've we've essentially got is Apple has been learning from those decisions and incorporating it into their designs. as soon as Apple ships its device, then Meta can respond and start incorporating what Apple's doing into their devices so there's things like uh, the supposed dial that's on the upcoming apple headset where you just press this dial and switch from vr to ar sounds like an absolute no-brainer solution and it's something that should be on most headsets if not all headsets i think in the future for those who are unaware the way you do that on a quest headset is you just slap yourself a couple times right you just (laughs) slap your own face twice and then you switch from vr to ar it's it, when I describe it like that, it sounds pretty absurd and stupid, even though many people actually do appreciate the feature where you just you know tap the headset a couple of times and switch. But a dial for that makes a lot more sense. A physical thing that lets you switch makes so, more sense than than hitting your headset
0: i need to I need to disagree with you for just a moment, Ian because i I've been seeing this about this dial. a dial to me indicates an analog change from one Degree to another uh, analog dial. Uh, if, if we're if if we if we're using a dial like a button to click one on off a button makes sense, but a dial. I wonder if there will be levels of transparency that will be yeah. available. That would because be cool. if there isn't, that's a huge loss. I, I think that's a missed opportunity. If you're going to do a dial, give me varying degrees of transparency of the VR and AR. Make a whole nother term be needed. Half VR, half AMR, <laughs> half AR, three quarters AR. Like really mess with all the people who are into the nomenclature and, and having exactness to what each of the you know definitions of each of the terms. It's funny,
1: like I get where you're I get where you're going with that. I, I think, you know, Apple Apple has probably some of the most experienced people in the world at creating physical uh, switches, physical dials that are satisfying. I get what you're saying. This report that's based on this idea that there's a dial on there is based on, uh, I believe it's Bloomberg's Mark Gurman, um, who is citing people that I don't know if they've, you know, they haven't, they're describing a thing that we don't know exactly how it functions. We know there's a, that there's supposedly a dial there. We don't know if there's levels inside of it. I get what you're saying about having just a one or two solution over on the quest system. You can kind of some of the software and some of the apps let you adjust whether like the the real world begins down here or up here mm-hmm. uh, and and where you exactly want to do it. Uh, apps like immersed let you set specific uh, shapes in your environment that can be portals to the real world. Um I think what I'm getting, I get what you're saying. I'm still going to say, though, that some kind of physical button, switch, sure. dial, whatever sure. it is, is superior than the slap yeah. your own face solution. No,
0: I, I yeah, well, that's, that's a totally different conversation. But, you know, uh, I, like, I like James uh, just flat out says the reports are wrong. And honestly, until I have a physical unit to look at, I, I'm just going to be skeptical of every piece of news that I've heard about this. The only thing that I am confident in is that the pass through the actual pass through. And I see, I see somebody here, Matt uh, asked the question, are there any rumors of XR devices using transparent OLED for AR pass through? So um, I I don't know, but uh, transparent screens being used for AR is not the solution. Pass through where as, as, uh, Palmer Luckey said in his tweet that we covered last week, the idea of passing the photons through to your eyes from an, a camera on the outside of the headset is the way to go. And pass through on the Apple, knowing where it came from and knowing the technology it's based on, unless they drastically change something, it's going to be really nice. And all the other components to it, I mean, who knows? I, well. I, yeah. The
1: what the larger thing I was trying to get at there is if we if we shift forward our thinking several generations and start thinking about, let's say, let's let's assume these names are going to follow through that have been rumored, right? Okay, uh, Reality Pro. So if this first device from Apple is called the Reality Reality Pro, we're a year or two to three away from the Reality Pro Two. And all the reporting indicates that near-term Apple is already prepping its next generation lower cost reality headset. So what you've got is Apple entering from the high end, the the super ultra high end of this market where they're throwing everything they possibly can into this device. And it's going to be very low. It's not going to reach tens of millions of people. It's only going to reach hundreds of thousands or a few million. Uh, But then they can reach more people with a lower cost device that follows it up maybe next year. Then you've got another cycle that Meta's now doing with its devices, where you could have the Reality Pro 2 and then the Reality 2, right? So you've got a a second generation of the high end system, a second generation of the low end system. And now put that parallel to what Meta is doing, right? We're expecting the Quest 3 this year. Last year was the Quest Pro. Uh, in a year and a half or so, uh, maybe even next year, uh, we don't know what kind of timeline they're actually going to land on. You'd have the Quest Pro two, and then you have the Quest four. And what I'm <laughs> what I'm trying to get here is y- you. If you put on, if you start thinking of it on those terms, Meta and Apple are making decisions about what to do in those devices now. Right? Uh, Zuckerberg is already on record as saying you're already thinking two to three generations ahead. For as devices you end up at a spot where the reality two device the second generation of apple's consumer grade headset right the device that's meant to compete against the quest regular line is likely to compete against the quest four right in somewhere around 2025 2026 time frame those devices aren't a collision course, right? They're going to they're going to start looking more and more like one another by the time we reach that generation. But right now we're in this period where they're making a lot of informed decisions, but they're still arriving at very different places because they haven't learned exactly how consumers are going to use this. I'm seeing our commenters talking about Apple removing physical devices or physical switches and that being their thing. Yeah, I get But they're still like the mute clicker on the left side of all iPhones. There's still, yes, the digital crown on a watch that you have to use. There's still a lot of value in physical devices that have a few buttons on them when you can't actually look at them. And there's, yeah, there's lots of reasons for that on various devices.
0: Hearing you, Ian, walk through the lineup, the iterations of the different headsets offered by Meta, (laughs) it almost sounds like it's like the rules of of Star Trek movies. It's like only every other one is 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 a worthy device. Is, is that what's <laughs> going to happen here? Is that everybody's going to skip? And well, you know,
1: yeah, you no, know, I love that. I love that thinking. Um, that's a great way of of, of thinking about the way this is going to go. Um, I'm seeing in our comments, Artful saying, I am considering never buying a VR AR headset day one ever again. I think that's a perfectly valid way to react to this. But keep in mind that that's Meta, Meta's approach that you're talking about. I want to remember back to the iPhone, right? The iPhone dropped in price a ridiculous amount within the first year, right? And there were people that were horrendously burned by that first generation iPhone uh, dropping like that. Uh, and then, of course, them arriving at this like $200 to $400. Um, with contract solution after a little bit of time, um, I, I we warned our readers it's, you know, we've been talking about it on our show. We have every indication that the Quest Pro is not gonna have a long shelf life. like we 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 think that uh, the processor underlying, like everyone focuses so much on specs, and I usually complain about people focusing too much on specs but when you know that the underlying processor driving these headsets is due for a massive upgrade it does have a major effect on kind of your thinking and by all indications they're going to introduce an xr2 gen 2 around the period of a quest 3 and that is like a It's going to be a a massive, massive upgrade over every other headset that is running on an XR2 Gen 1, which is pretty much every other standalone headset out there. So you're buying, if you're buying a Quest Pro and you've been burned by this, it was like, you know, you needed to be buying it to be a developer planning for the future of of seeing what it's like to have face and eye tracking built into your app, right? But that's not something that's going to be useful to you or a, a viable market Unless you're, you've got a very specific business use case or you're planning out for consumers two to three years down the road.
0: There's a reason why they call it bleeding edge you know, to buy the stuff when it comes out right away. Bleeding edge, it hurts. You be, <laughs> It's expensive to be a uh, an early adopter. And you know what you're getting into when you do it. I know. I, I know what I'm doing. I know that there's a possibility that every piece of tech that I buy when it comes out day one, like I can almost guarantee it. Like I, I'm literally a glutton for punishment. I know for a fact that within a year, most technology goes down at least a little bit in price. It's it's a, it's, a, it's a proven fact. So I know what I'm doing when I'm buying this headset at its full price, MSRP, day one. I, I'm doing it so I can have it day one. That's the value. It's built into the price, the value of having it right away. An early adopter sees that as a value. It's not just about cost. It's about value. And to Ian's point, if you're a developer who knows that You know, eye tracking, face tracking, uh, pancake lens, this, that, and the other. These are features that I want to be able to develop for, be acquainted with them, these features. So that way when future headsets, it becomes a standard to have these features, I'm prepared as a developer. Uh, The Quest Pro is a headset that doesn't understand its own target audience. And that is Meta's big challenge right now. Apple has to find out who their target audience is and if they want their headset to be successful. Um, I, you know, I hate to say it, but is HTC saying that our target audience is people who want these features but don't want it to come from Meta? I mean, is that bold to say?
1: Oh, that's been their that's been their market for years. Yeah.
0: Uh, oh, there you go. Yeah, we're I, not I, Meta. HTC, we're not Meta. I mean, that's, is that good <laughs> enough for some people? I don't know. It is. Honestly, I mean, that's... There, there are people in our comments.
1: I appreciate them. I, I see you, right? I, I, I recognize them week in and week out, right? There is a never meta. Uh, uh. Mm-hmm. There's fifteen of them, right? There's, you know, just like a uh, never nudes from uh Arrested Development. Arrested Development. <laughs> yeah. There are there are never metas out there who are buying the Valve Index specifically because of that, or buying the Vive specifically because of that. And I I, yeah, you know, see you, I value you, I understand your perspective. It's a really important market, I, you know, a, a perspective to have. We're, but there's plenty of people who just want something cheap here. and inexpensive. Yeah, Mike, and Mike Manzano,
0: that you get me. You get me because Apple's target audience is going to be interesting because it won't be gamers. I, I, I think, I believe that the idea of a gamer – being your audience, I think that because it's such a robust uh, uh, market right now, that my mom, who plays Candy Crush in, until the battery on her phone dies every day. Hi, mom. Sorry. Uh, but that she's a gamer, but she only plays Candy Crush. Then there are gamers who get in uh, and, and play Echo Arena and bust wall- holes into their drywall and break TVs. And then there's the gamers who are just sitting there and clickety-click, click-click, click, and all they're doing is, you know, Minecraft or, uh, you know, then there's Call of Duty. Then there's the game – saying gamers – Isn't enough anymore. You have to be more specific about the genre of gamer you are. And so there's a possibility that there is a specific gamer audience that will appreciate this AR headset coming from Apple because it allows them to do something as mundane as play Candy Crush on the wall in their living room uh, or to shoot robots as they come out of holes in their walls and in their ceilings, which seems to be, you know, it was called Robo Raid when Microsoft put it on the HoloLens. I don't know what it's called now, but these are these are genres. And I actually think that game, and this is way off course at this point, but uh, that there will be new gamer genre AR gamer genres that yeah, will sure. come out and create a new level of gamer, so that, that's yeah, I think we'll get into that because we've got a
1: couple of other things to get into that we're gonna touch on this stuff and it this goes yeah. to a lot of what we've discussed before i I appreciate that never metas are now uh that's now a term in our comments and some really great discussion here uh going through what we're you know feeding off of what we've been discussing here um AR features are anemic says James uh apple headset is probably going to be the influencer market says king jello fish there was another comment i missed it up uh, earlier saying something to the effect of uh the apple watch wasn't very yeah on i foresee apple's story for the headset will be as about as well defined as the watch was on its first first released release which wasn't very defined they figured it out over the next two releases and that is honestly very true And that's something that I was trying to get at with the multiple generations discussion there, where the first few generations of a product, generally, you know, they are for early adopters and developers. They're for these people that want to be on a bleeding, cutting edge, and they're willing to burn hundreds of dollars to just play in a future that they are pretty convinced everyone else is going to be playing around in once it gets a little bit better in a few years. Uh, What What I think gets really, really fascinating is how much of a package Meta is able to pull together for Quest 3 this year, right? That is the third generation of them zeroing in on this consumer gaming product, right? They've had eight acquisitions, more than that. Uh, We'll see if Supernatural. I think they've got a deadline of whether Supernatural goes through today uh, to be their next acquisition of of a VR developer. But you've got all of these products that can, can go and make a Quest 3 a far better device. Now, that's... That's going to be somewhere in the range of three to $500. It's going to have exclusive content built by Meta's first-party studios. It's going to have third-party content that Meta's going to pay to bring exclusively to the device. And it's going to be in this price and have all of these. It's going to have this next-generation uh, processor, and it's going to have all of these learnings that they've, they've learned from the Quest Pro as well as from the developer community about exactly what's the minimum viable feature set to put into that device. Uh, it's We've already got the indications, right, that it's going to be like pancake flat optics, balanced design. Um, what do the accessories look like for that device? Uh, all I'm saying is that I think they can achieve a much bigger, larger market than Quest to achieved backed by a content library that's going to be night and day compared to the 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 content library that hit Quest 2. And we we can't really fathom how much, like people talk about hockey sticking. We don't know if the hockey stick is like this or if the hockey stick is like this, but we know that Quest 3 is going to be somewhere in that hockey stick part of making like, just able to achieve a larger user base than the device before because of all these improvements that I'm talking about and yeah, we're another year away. I, I noticed the commenters talking about the way the cell phone market has kind of ruined people's expectations that you're always expecting a new device. And I think hopefully we're going to be a big place for our readers or our viewers out there of kind of pushing back against that and setting expectations because uh, these these companies are going to come out with a new device every year, even every six months in some cases. But in many cases, they're the the... The changes generation to generation aren't going to be quite enough to to warrant upgrading that fast.
0: My big fear, and this is again, we're just so off tangent, but a uh, tangent here. But um, my big fear is that Quest three comes out, and uh, as a result, there's all these new titles that work specifically for the Quest three, and now all of a sudden they don't work for Quest one, Quest two, and that the evolution of the headsets is slowly making. Apps and games obsolete were not growing. See, with with the phones as each generation went and the apps were built and they were more robust, they still worked on the older phones for a lot longer than these games are. I mean, the fact that Quest, just the Quest, like I have one kid that's still just using just a Quest because we don't have a a Quest 2 for her yet. (laughs) She's she's going to be really mad when games come out that she wants to play and it's not available for her to play on this headset that she's only had for a couple years. Um, when are people going to start getting angry at the fact that the new headsets are out? And the they already new, are. Yeah, they
1: already are. And he's got a, David has a editorial out there talking about uh, some of this stuff, but they're going to need to do a buyback program. And one of the things that we've been wondering about, I've, I've hit this again and again on our show is over on the Apple side of things, they still sell the last generation or two phone alongside the new phone, right? And the the volume and everything that's spinning up over for, for VR isn't quite there to make that uh, make that make sense. But there is a route eventually where you uh, where you buy back the old device, Give a discount on the new device and get a person into the new device for just a little bit cheaper than if they had just bought it outright. And then you turn around and sell the old device refurbished. But Ah. when you're going, I saw someone complaining about this 30%, this supposed 30% upgrade. We don't know how big the upgrade is going to be yet from, from the XR2 Gen 1 to the XR2 Gen 2. But I think it's going to be pretty significant, and any percentages out there now are are guesses at this point. We're going to have to
0: see. They're never going to do a buyback program and then refurbish them and sell those headsets because they can't, because those headsets all of a sudden aren't running any of the current software. It's a flawed concept that buyback program doesn't give them the ability. Like, go buy a Quest, a Quest 1. Go buy one right now. Where? Why? Why would you do that? How much is it? What can you play on it? How long before that goes obsolete? Are they going to do another buyback then? I mean, the whole concept of the buyback, I think, is just a flawed solution because it's the content that doesn't – like, if I wanted to go – okay, I have a Go. I have an Oculus Go. mint in the box. It's not technically the plastics off of it, but it's never been used. Uh, Can I load that up right now? Will the apps work? Will it get an update? Will it work? I don't even know. I, I wondered that the other day. I was I was shuffling through some boxes. I'm like, oh that's right. I have that go. It's just sitting there. What can I do with it? It doesn't need to be refurbished. It's mint. It's never been used. Will I can I load it up right now and use it? I don't know. Actually, you know what? I'm gonna have to try it.
1: I've tried I've tried it and uh, I had a problem with the controller. Um, you know, people are talking about the reports out there that have been out there for the quest, you know, for the XR2 Gen two. Again, they you know, this isn't an officially announced, you know. Qualcomm is has not officially announced and, and debuted that product. So whatever reports are out there, which we've reported on some of these things on how it could be a, a huge, huge upgrade, but talking about the GPU versus the CPU, talking about whether that device has specific processors to handle certain pieces of like the overall experience that frees up other elements of the chip to do processing, you know we have to see what these things do in real world scenarios. So you're they're talking a little bit uh, before things are ready. I know we're close, but it's not quite there yet. Um, so, Ian, and before- Kyle, you're repeating. Yeah. yeah, I get what you're saying. That you're repeat you're saying the same thing I'm saying on this uh, buyback situation. You can't. It doesn't make sense when the generations are this big. But I think when we get to this XR two Gen two period. That the lifespan of that device might be longer, and you might have less fall off of old features to start making it make sense to do it. But we'll see. Sure. We'll the other see. shift that's yeah. going to happen is when they're going to go to hand tracking. Right? That's one of the things that was probably in that viewers uh, in our in our bingo card. Right? When do when does the Quest ecosystem drop controllers as a necessary input? It it doesn't uh, make sense because never. it's a game system, right? Yep. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. But Never. Quest Go, right? That's where we we talk about that going back years. At this point, there at some point you're going to get a device that's just a movie watching yeah. Go type experience, and you add on the game separately.
0: Yeah. So before we get any further, and I mean, you know, we've only done one uh, of our four. <laughs> but before we jump into uh, uh, talking about Rec Room and all that, uh, I'm going to go through and mention our sponsor one more time veil vr ready to be transported to another world veil vr is a must play you need to check it out on steam here is some of the things that people are saying about the game this multiplayer game is truly like no other vr first person shooter not only is this game made by people who love gaming in vr it's made with passion and dedication and that is exactly how games should be made by buying this game you're getting more than just a badass game you get to be part of an amazing community where the devs care strongly about their game and their community members. So go check out buy Vail VR now on steam. It's available to play. Uh, There's a link in the description to go check it out. So uh, thank you to Vail VR for their sponsorship of this episode.
1: Mike Manzano's comment, Apple is going to do for work what Meta couldn't do with the pro that's ecosystem integration like handoff screen mirroring FaceTime. I entirely agree And I I suppose it's a good transition to get into that subject, right,
0: Kyle? Yeah.
1: Yeah, so the information reported that Apple is working on a tool that, quote, could allow users to build an app with virtual animals moving around in a room and over around real-life objects without the need to design the animal from scratch and calculate its movement in a 3D space with obstacles. That's... That description right there is very close to holodeck territory, right? And we've already seen these concepts from Meta. There's a video out there of Mark Zuckerberg standing on a barren island, I think it is. And he's basically speaking commands into the air, and things are getting constructed right in front of him from those commands. It's a huge gap from showing that off in a concept video to actually shipping user facing features. And that's what it's going to be really amazing to see how far Apple is able to take that right right from the start. Right. They. uh, Yeah, this is this is a really interesting concept and obviously fits right into what Apple does, but how how good these capabilities are going to be in their first year is going to be a real open question.
0: So here's my prediction uh, having lived in the developer world uh, and having to deal with Apple's uh, ecosystem Xcode, which like sends shivers down some developer spines uh, dealing with the way that A- Apple does things. I've built things with you know actually I've done both AR core and air kit. Um, to get the Android and the Apple sides of things, this stuff has been developed for years now. And and so the concept of putting that into an AR headset is not surprising to me. And the fact that Apple is developing software for, <laughs> okay, it's it's MRTK. It's, you know, it's what Microsoft had for the HoloLens and for their uh, mixed reality headsets. It, it's It's a toolkit is what this is and so there's this minimum viable thing where you know you can go in and you can You know, have a little critter run around the the room, there should be a toolkit for that. And the fact that Apple is curating it and and creating it themselves as opposed to having somebody else third party do it, you know about Apple, Apple likes everything to be proprietary, which is good because then they can have control over its performance. That's the, you know, the drawback to it is that then you have this closed ecosystem and you know, everybody hates a closed ecosystem because then you can't tweak, you can't fiddle and people like to tweak and fiddle and hack. You can't do that with Apple as much. I'm not saying you can't do it at all, but man uh to have something like that be readily available is going to create that whole you know the 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 snap filter effect where all you have to do is map it to this little structure that we've already built for you next thing you know you're you're a designer you're you're a you're a snap filter designer, and suddenly it's easy to do because somebody else has already done all the hard work, all the hard coding. Uh, It's smart because it helps invite people into your ecosystem for Apple to do something like that. But, I mean, it's not amazing. I mean, it's actually kind of obvious that they were going to do something like this. They should have. Um, You know, Meta, I think, attempted to make Horizon be like that sort of. (laughs) It's just I, I, I'm not going to try to make that comparison. never mind.
1: <laughs> well, uh, you didn't talk about Swift, right? And Swift is obviously the newest programming sure. environment tool set from Apple. and uh, they've got this this tool, Swift playgrounds that you can uh, launch on a Mac or on an iPad, and that's like step by step instructions on how to instruct a little character to move around an environment and it teaches you through this step-by-step process, layer-by-layer-by-layer, simple programming concepts of of logically building a world and then slowly stripping away what the game kind of does for you to teach you the basic coding premise. Uh, Over on phones and iPads, I think they've also got the shortcut system where you can layer in a whole bunch of inputs, tell it a little bit of logic to do to those inputs, and then you get an output of something And then you can even hook that up to like Siri and have a Siri command to activate your your shortcut. Somewhere in this space of of Apple building these tools, there is a solution. I'm seeing even people talk about chat GPT. uh, How it would be really interesting to have an assistant there telling you kind of what other things you could do at any given moment. And honestly, that... That feels like the future of coding to me, right? You don't you don't take a uh you know, you there's plenty of people out there who are learning how to program and how to code from YouTube videos. There's plenty of people who are going to school for that and and going through a full degree program, and there's, you know, people that are just self-taught, right? But this idea that you've got a certain number of of like templates given to you and then a whole, uh, like, universe of things floating around it that you can pick from to make your own sort of recipe. That's, it, it feels like there's magic in there in the, the sorts of things you can make long term. Especially if you've got this, like, voice assistant where you can just speak normal commands to just like the, the Star Trek computer.
0: Yeah. Uh I'm seeing in the comments here that they're shutting down Echo VR. Is that is we'll that to, is that
1: we'll have to verify that. That probably broke while right while we're inside here. So we'll get into our Slack whoa. group and verify and check that out. That would be a pretty big loss. I wonder what they uh wonder what they're like, doing. Does that instead. include
0: like is that, I mean like when, when people are in there doing uh you know, they're they're doing esports or they're doing Echo Arena. I mean If they shut it down, that's – wow. Man, my daughter's going to be mad. She plays that all the time. Squeakers. I love the use of the word squeakers. It's it's funny because I don't know how many times I've jumped into a multiplayer game or, you know, even Rec Room, which we'll talk about here probably in just a second. Uh, And you just don't know whether somebody's going to be, you know – Fifteen or fifty? I mean, you really just don't know. <laughs> oh man. Okay. um It looks like Ian is in uh, full-on discovery mode here. You can tell because the head goes back and the hands go out. That's this. Yeah. Is, I was. I was trying
1: to see if I could see that. I'm not seeing that in our Slack group yet. Yeah. So we'll have to verify that as soon as we get That's out of We'll Look for an article on on whatever is happening there. I'm seeing. Uh, I'm well. We're gonna have to get to Sony here pretty soon. Yeah. But, well, uh,
0: here let let's just really quick talk about rec room doing full body avatars. Um, So they're, they're not replacing what they called what floating beans. I mean, I guess that's accurate enough. Um, You know, simplicity and design of, uh, of an avatar. Um, We're we're talking about draw calls. We're talking about uh, poly count. We're talking about low res. We're talking about putting more emphasis on experience versus uh graphic fidelity I guess is the easy way to put it um it, the ability to take advantage of higher level um higher level graphic capabilities of the headsets as they move forward Um, you know, this isn't, this isn't your grandpa's headset anymore. We've got the ability to do a couple more draw calls, a couple more polys. And with a good graphic designer who knows how to take full advantage of the capabilities of the hardware, you can get this sort of thing. And this is, this is probably your, uh, your lowest level of entry in terms of full body capabilities for something like Rec Room. I would not imagine... You know, you still want the capability to accessorize. Uh, nice thing is now for uh, Rec Room is now they can sell shoes and stuff. So that's pretty cool. I don't,
1: yeah, I don't so know. This is a com- yeah. Yeah, this is a completely optional system as Rec Room has put it, and it's still in the sort of prototyping phase. They've got the concept out there. They're starting to get feedback from users on this concept. But this is not going to replace the the floating system that's out there. The question I had for Rec Room is whether they're going to, after they implement this, going to support Vive trackers and other methods of actually Mm. physically tracking these devices. Because I'd argue that that is one of the biggest differentiating features of the VR chat community, right? There are plenty of people there, we joked about it previously on the show, that... You could argue that VR chat is the biggest dance club in the world. Uh, if you added up the number of people who are using full body tracking, you might get more than the number of people who could fit into a single dance club uh, in the in physical space. And it becomes interesting to think about the the scale of of everything there, but there are plenty of people who are paying the 1000 to $2,000 to outfit their full body with nine points of tracking and then go into, you know, spend money for someone to go and build them a custom avatar that works only on PC-compatible devices, and then you uh, add in this full-body tracking and it just comes to life, and it it becomes a really interesting thing for viewers to watch an anime avatar with full body tracking, right? like that's that's there's an there's an audience out there for it of some uh, kind, yeah uh, I, I'm that's a very be- different thing than these simplistic avatars. everything you led with Kyle, right they're yeah. They want this system to run on every possible gaming system out there, right? They're on yeah. Android, iPhone, all the consoles, in v R and out they're they're about as cross platform as you can get. How how useful or interesting would it be if you have the simplistic avatars, but you get them animated with with real body movements? Is there any value to that without the accompanying uh, customization? To I'm going to the go ahead system? and in
0: and, in and answer that question for you. I think no. Uh, I think the Venn diagram of the people who are actively in rec room and want this sort of avatar system are not the same people. I think there's very little overlap of the, the the group of people who have all the body trackers. Uh, I think that those people bought those trackers because they're using it in a system like, you know, the VR chat, which you're right is just a giant black pyramid. Uh, it's just a dance club, and uh, another reference out there for some of you. I, I, I think that Rec Room is going to stick with what they got here. I, I think that this is nice that they are adding appendages and the ability to customize further. But I don't think they need to do tracking, body tracking. I, I don't think that they'll spend any time and effort on it. it. might be an experimental thing. But I don't believe that you're going to see people in Rec Room break dancing in the lobby and a bunch of other people standing around and watching. I just don't think that that's going to happen um i could be wrong but i just don't see any value to it currently
1: all right i am i am reading the update for about echo vr at ready at dawn we pride ourselves on being open and communicative with our community to that end we have news to share after many discussions internally and with our partners at meta we have made the difficult decision to shut down echo vr yeah they start off this this message with we hope you all had a happy new year that's that's come on just get to the news uh echo v r will continue running until august first twenty twenty three at ten a m pacific at which point servers and services will be shut down preventing any further play very strange that they would not uh they would not say what ready at dawn is working on instead of let's see if there's anything at the end of this uh wow. scanning it yeah it's it's this is pretty odd that they would not um they will not give an indication of kind of what they're working on, right? This is a meta-owned studio uh that that is theoretically working on big things that are probably going to run on the Quest Three system. You know, is this exactly what we we're talking about, Kyle? Earlier, right? Like, is this them? I'm sorry, I, I was just you. Uh,
0: yes, it is. Sorry, no, I I can hear my daughter. She just found the news as well, and she's screaming expletives <laughs> in the other room. I'm sorry, I was distracted. Yeah. Uh oh my. Yeah, so yeah.
1: Anthony in our comments, rest in peace Echo VR. Yeah. Such an amazing game and overall experience. Hopefully they'll let people host their own servers. That is a nice dream. We will see. Um yeah, we'll have a report on that. I know our reporters, I <laughs> think Henry is on it now. But that's a that's a brutal bit of news to get live right on our yeah. show here. yeah But it's exactly what Kyle was saying right at the outset of our show that uh I don't think it's any coincidence that they would be shutting that down right before we would expect quest three to hit and it kind of gives a suggestion that whatever they're going to be working on next is going to be i would imagine it would only run on quest three forward and there's some there's some reason they think that's a significant you know a choice that they thought should be made
0: wow 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 yeah oh man there's chaos in my house we'll talk about it later i'm in the show okay oh wow um all right, I, so I,
1: I'm curious yeah. to hear your daughter if she goes into the if she goes into the Echo VR labs right now. How much screaming and bad behavior is happening? I can't even happening? imagine.
0: I, I she she she's in her room. She gets her headset on, and you hear her out there screaming. I'm I'm constantly having to knock on her door and be like, "Hey, stop owning the noobs so hard." And you know, I have to like yell at my kid for being too angry at people in Echo. Uh, yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, that's fun. All right. Well, um, so the last piece of news that we had here today, Ian, was uh, it was about PSVR two and um, lackluster sales. Uh, what, what, what is is that the best right, way to well, describe it?
1: Let's see. So I appreciate that that way of uh, of sort of qualifying this. I was looking at, all right, so what happened here is um, we we ran our story on this. Just ask a question. Is demand for PSVR 2, is demand for PlayStation VR 2 below Sony's expectations? So we're asking this question. And Bloomberg reported that the company halved its forecast for shipments of the PSVR 2. And, you know, it's set for release on February 22nd. And the Bloomberg report suggests that they, they moved their expectations down to about a million units for the quarter. And Bloomberg didn't actually source anyone specific with this, this report, right? They just said people familiar with the deliberations. Uh, the report from Bloomberg said that Sony had previously aimed to have two million headsets ready for launch and... Yeah, then immediately after, GamesIndustry.biz reported that they heard from Sony that, quote, they are seeing enthusiasm for PlayStation fans for the upcoming launch, uh, which includes more than 30 titles, such as Grand Turismo 7, Horizon Call of the Mountain, Resident Evil Village. Critically, the GamesIndustry.biz article that refutes what Bloomberg reported didn't directly, quote, a refutation of, you know, didn't have Sony on the record with a spokesperson saying that what was in the Bloomberg report was incorrect. So I don't want to get, I don't know if it's too inside baseball or confusing to our audience to describe the way these giant companies work. But typically uh, there's three layers of communications with media folks. There's off the record, on background, and on the record, right? And each company that you deal with or each PR representative that you deal with could have different definitions for what each of those means. And uh, what ends up happening or what can happen is uh, you can give information to a reporter that shapes their overall concept or their overall thinking on a given subject, but then you tell them you can't actually source that to us. Right. You can't you can't use that. That falls somewhere in the off the record to on background type of of sourcing. Then you have things that actually can be sourced to a person within the company that moves into the on the record uh, perspective. Now, while we were in here, the author of the GamesIndustry.biz article says they, they posted that the actual quote of Sony refuting what wasn't in their article, right? They didn't come out and in their article say that Sony was saying they didn't have their production orders. It doesn't say that in the article. The article just says that Sony refutes this or, you know, uh, and then the quote doesn't actually back it up. Now over on Twitter, the author of that article has said what Sony has actually done, what this what the effect of this is is bloomberg's report could be somehow accurate or could be somewhat a misrepresentation of of what's going on the games industry up is reply could be in the same period in the same area of of, of half truth half lie um or half misinformation and uh, we've reached out to Sony ourselves to try to get the statements that gamesindustry.biz got to make sure that we know exactly what they're saying and can present it as... What I try to do, what we try to do at UploadVR is present these statements as full and in context as we can, as often as we can, so we don't See? end up with this he-said-she-said said, misrepresentation of truth. The, the effect of all this is Sony could effectively call bullshit on what bloomberg is reporting without actually getting quoted publicly doing that right um and without actually supplying a quote on the record that directly refutes you know that may have been walked back now you know that might actually have happened since the games industry biz reporter has come out and put out that statement out there um all that, uh, so that's that's me trying to give like an inside analysis of why there's differing reports out there of, of what's going on here. The thing I want the context I want to give that nobody else is giving is uh, that you can go to Sony's website right now, spend the five fifty, and your shipping expectation is February twenty second to February twenty eighth. It's launch week. So, to me, it indicates to me that the fact that Sony built in this system for showing a shipping period onto its pre-order page, and that shipping period has been, since they announced the pre-orders, the same launch week for the PSVR 2, It they had the system there built to show you a shipping window that went out past February 22nd to 28, right? You could have placed a pre-order and then gotten queued up to get the second batch of orders and gone out a few weeks later. That was never, it never happened, right? It never, it's all. It's still a couple weeks before release and you still can get your PSVR 2 at launch. I think that's an indicator to me that demand isn't where Sony expected. Now, where, you know, whether that affected units, you know, that they've got in the queue for after that, We'll have to wait and see. But if it becomes hard for you to get a PSVR 2 later this year, that's going to add weight to Bloomberg's report of everything if they really didn't prepare, if they if they affected their production numbers based on this initial See, initial thing. okay,
0: uh, here's my frustration of this story. We are literally having a conversation about Which one of another – like we are a publication and we're having an argument, a debate over which one of these other publications is wrong. And that's absurd to me because neither one of those publications, whether they're bullish or bearish on the technology, neither one of them dedicate and focus all of their attention on – VR, AR, MR, all the R's. That's why Upload VR exi- exists. So that way we can focus and dedicate our attention to that specific genre, that specific uh, niche of news. That's why we exist. I don't trust when, a, when I read an article about tech. I always take it with a huge grain of salt when it's on a site that reports on things other than just tech. I mean, there are great tech people out there in in some of these other news outlets. Some of them I really, really enjoy. Some of them I really enjoy. And then they get fired or move on from the actual uh, uh, media outlet that they were working for. And I'm like, what is going on? If you are not dedicated to tech and a specific type of tech, then I don't know if... I can trust your information as much as I can for a specific tech uh, uh, media outlet. And that's just me generically speaking about any topic in general. In terms of the Sony stuff, um, look at what happened with the PS5. I mean, it was a no-brainer that they were going to need millions of PS5s. Yet there was, and I understand, industry, and we couldn't get parts and all this stuff. There was a backlog of people who wanted to order PS5s and it was like a hot commodity. It was like it was like a Beanie Baby exclusive and that you could only get it at McDonald's in the Happy Meal. It was ridiculous how valuable it was because of its rarity. PSVR2 might end up in that same area and nothing is better for a big company like Sony than higher demand than there is supply, especially something that expensive. So Who cares whether Bloomberg is right or wrong or blah, 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 dot biz is right or wrong because it doesn't matter. What's going to show is the results of the sales before, during, and after the fact. And I have a feeling... That everybody's going to have to go, well, we were wrong on that prediction, no matter what it was.
1: No, no, nobody ever, you know, they very rarely uh, own up to it. Uh, that's something well, we that's try to true. do. Uh, they, it's something we try to do uh, aggressively, um, but it's not, uh, you know, it doesn't happen out there. Uh, I'm seeing people quote the actual uh, tweet out here that I wasn't able to put in my notes because I just couldn't paste it in real quick. But Vargo has the. The tweet from Christopher. During, to be clear, Sony outright told me we have not cut PlayStation VR two production numbers. Why isn't that in your report? Is my only question. Right? Why did? Why wasn't that in? In? Why didn't you put that exactly in your report? What? What was the? What was the on background uh, sourcing of the the of that particular comment that suggested you shouldn't. You know, you had to put that out on Twitter after the report was actually put out refuting another publication. Kyle's analysis here is is pretty spot on um, on a lot of the things out there. We as a publication, David Heaney and myself, uh, Kyle, uh, Henry, Harry, we have been at this for a a long time. And Heaney and I, uh, David Heaney and I very aggressively pay attention to the sourcing, our own sourcing and trying to verify uh, as much as we can and even disprove in some cases what others are saying that are based on rumor. The path from something becoming a rumor to actually reported fact is usually ugly as hell. Um, And we've got to sort that out. That's why we're, we're trying to build trust with our audience out there over many years so that uh we get more sources we get accurate information out there uh but kyle's kind of getting to something and with something that i kind of suggested too later this year if you have trouble getting your hands on a psvr2 that's gonna be your best indication (laughs) of whether somebody was right here or somebody was wrong and uh now you know we can move on from this whole debate of which publication was right wrong which is the actual accurate thing what i want to talk about is um i i think playstation and sony undersold what they were going to do here a little bit 30 or so titles with horizon call of the mountain and these and gran turismo and other games that they announced it with it was good but meta just came off of this three-year uh push four-year push towards building up the quest ecosystem and 30 or so titles didn't stack uh necessarily against that in in the grand scheme of things now since those initial 30 titles we've been getting word of just really amazing content that has appeared on these other systems are all get coming online? It appears that the number of titles coming for launch on PSVR is way bigger than they initially uh, sort of pitched. That they're actually lining up an incredible lineup, and it, w- it was an incredible li- I'll, It was an incredible lineup to begin with, but I think it's way, way stronger than they initially sold, they initially pitched, and until you get these reports from. Gamers and big channels saying, you know, when they're screaming because the headset is vibrating and they just got attacked by a monster or they're uh, talking about how amazing that haptic feedback is, there's only a handful of reports of people like David Heaney who have gone hands on with that stuff. It's not getting wide. It's not getting out there to a lot of people just how significant and great these these added features are to immersion. So I I just think that there was something missing maybe in the marketing or pitching of this that could have been a bigger push and could have gotten those, you know, I I think people are going to be shocked by how great the immersiveness is on this system. And I do think that demand is going to be very, very high by the end of this year, but we'll see. You
0: know, you've invoked a a pretty interesting point that I want to make. You know, the target audience for a console gamer the kind of person who's going to buy the PSVR 2 doesn't care about some of the other f- factors that we might think are very important, such as a, a tether, uh, you know, uh, being tethered. There's a huge group of people in the VR community. I think that that is blasphemy to have a current headset that requires a cable. What is this? 2016? No, but the target audience is, for this headset, the PSVR 2 on the PS5, and I'm with some of these other folks, you know, wait for the bundle to come out or whatever, but your target audience for that headset is not the same as the person who's buying a Quest Pro or even a Quest 3. It's a completely, okay, not completely different, but it's a very, possibly very different group of people. Uh, People who have never bought VR before are going to buy it Because it's a Sony product attached to their PS5. And I think that there's going to be some ridiculous numbers of sales, like positive, really, really strong sales, just because it's a Sony PlayStation product. And I don't know if there's a marketing miss here, Ian. Uh, I, I think that you don't need to market it. I think that a Sony PlayStation product markets itself. I don't recall other than maybe their initial introduction of it on some stage somewhere that I watched on YouTube, I don't recall hearing a whole lot about the processor and the memory and the capabilities of the PS five in exchange, you know, different from the PS four. And I don't remember any of my gamer buddies going, well, yo, yeah, well, you know, the processors 300% faster and can handle this much level two cache of memory and blah, blah, blah. So therefore I'm going to buy, no, they're buying it because it's the next generation of the console that they have invested into. I don't think that there is a marketing miss because I don't think this thing needs to be marketed. It just needs Mm. to be at a GameStop and a kiosk at the mall, wherever it is that kids are going to go and look and say, look, that's the new pretty fun thing that I can have attached to my headset or to my, my console that I already own that is already extremely expensive and underpowered from what a PC could do at the same price. Yeah, I, I don't think it. I don't think it's a marketing mess.
1: Paradise Decay in our comments echoing you there. Sales for PSVR two will rocket once they're in retail stores, and I think that's. Yeah, well I think we're not necessarily saying the same different things here, Kyle. We're we're coming. I think we're just coming at this from different perspectives. Yeah. That, yeah. that um, I think once people get their hands on it, the reports start going out in larger numbers. It's going to be a, a significant win for the VR industry and a lot of people picking it up for their own reasons. I'm not. You know I have in the back of my head just the the fanboy fights that I don't want to hear and I kind of want to ignore <laughs> from from the people who don't recognize that there are largely different audiences that are that are going out and getting these things but I I we're, were come back to UploadVR.com as we approach release we plan to be on top of the launch library the hardware making sure we really have a great assessment of just how how great this system is or or where it falls up short compared to some of the other things out there. Um, You're starting to
0: sound um, a little crunchy. I
1: don't know. Did my fire? I, I don't know. Off? You're don't starting know. to sound a
0: little crunchy, Timmy.
1: Yeah. Some of it's the internet. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I don't know if it came across our audience to our audience. That, uh, that crunchy latency. or not.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But um,
1: yeah, we, we will wait and see. We're going to go get on that Echo VR news. We'll have that up as soon as possible. It's Mm -hmm. we are going we're entering a period, you know, regard stepping away from these little uh, quibbles over who is reporting what we are on pace for a year in VR that is going to be unlike anything we've ever seen before. If if Apple actually follows through and ships its product, we've got new VR this year from Sony, Apple, Meta and HTC not to mention what might happen with Pico. You've already got uh, federal regulators trying to grapple with like, how do we deal with TikTok? How do we deal with Meta's market dominance, emerging market dominance, if that's what's happening? And it's, it, I can't, if all this comes to pass, right, all these things happen, we're going to have an entirely like different tone to the way people talk about VR and AR technology by the end of this year, right? You will have meta learning from Apple. You'll have everyone learning from what Sony is doing. you will have Sony evolving a lot of what they're doing and you will we will start talking about the next generations of these products and how much bigger of a market. The, the thing that I come back to with Apple and it's in our comments a lot. Um, VR is amazing for transporting you to another place, right? But AR is amazing for making use of your physical space in new ways. And there's this mixed reality thing in between that no one right now, even though Quest Pro has been on the market for a couple months, even though they've dropped the price, developers are still in this beginning exploratory phase of, You've got access now to your couch and your cup and your clock and your whiteboard and everything. How do we make use of that in mixed reality? And that journey is going to be the next year or two of developer playgrounds, right? We're going to see cool idea after cool idea after cool idea. And every one of those new cool ideas that comes out that people test with mixed reality is going to make it click for another group of people like, oh, that's that's what vr and ar are for and we will get those people on a show right in coming to our site and buying headsets and uh, we thank you all for for being on this journey with us so far but it's it's going to be wild how different it's going to be by the end of this year
0: and the beautiful thing about this is that it's vr which means if it doesn't survive and it dies it just comes back as a zombie shooter right
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to yeah the, the horror games. Those are the ones that make things yeah. click for a lot of people, right? You've se- I've seen a lot of the mixed reality things where people are getting chased around. There's one where uh, you could have the ring girl crawling out of your television and then chasing you around your whole house, right? And you just look at the video and you need ten seconds or five seconds of that video to go, oh, oh, I need to pay attention to this. Um, and those types of things are going to be hitting again and again and again. But that just, that thing I described of like, uh, having a TV and a, and a person crawling out of it, it's not fundamentally possible on any like built in VR platform. There's a dev that had to customize and say, okay, uh, mark off your TV. Okay. That's where the ring girl is going to crawl out from. That's that's an absurd step for the end user and it's not a way for you to actually release a product to end consumers. But that's what we're working towards over the next six months to a year, right? We're getting really, really close to those tools being available for developers to get those sorts of things out to us.
0: Yeah, and and really it's going to be it's going to be exciting. It's going to be fun uh, to watch all this stuff come down and uh, just keeps our keeps our world interesting and fun. And, uh, yeah. All right, Ian, I think you have things to do, and I have a child to console uh, about the Echo <laughs> news. Uh, I'm just – I'm not looking forward to – you know, these are the kind of conversations as a father in technology that you just you, – you dread having to have these kind of conversations with your kids. She uh, you, she might
1: have already smashed the quest too. I hope it oh, or the quest. You know, it, it oh, might it might not be in it might not be together. Oh, so you, you better man. get on that. Thank you all, all right. for tuning in. We'll see you next week. We've got a lot coming up on our channel. Go check out the Atlantis walkthrough tour. That was a amazing course. It's a thirty mm-hmm. percent crisper picture. It's gorgeous. The work they've done on the Atlantis walkabout mini golf course is stunning. You can you find sit that on our channel. Golf. Yes. Oh, my gosh. All right. I'll <sighs> see you later. Thank you. All right.
0: See you, everybody. See you in the future. Thanks for watching. Farewell.